Blog Talk Radio. You are listening live. Well, do it live! Uh, of course, unless you're not listening live. This is the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast Cast. It is Wednesday, it's July 14th, 2021. I'm your host, Travis Bryant. <laughs> I'm Travis Bryant, and I'm uh, wrangling cats here. Um, I think I'm running, not I think, but I'm... Uh, running a solo dolo here tonight um so wrangling cats and morning morning one way uh all by my lonesome uh, except hopefully i got you wonderful audience to keep me company so uh in the meantime let me go ahead and give out all the pertinent contact information this here is an interactive show so please reach out in one or all of the following ways uh, if you want to have your voice heard on the show there are two ways to go about it First way, get in line. Hit us up on the Constellation lines and we'll, and by we'll, I mean I'll talk to you live tonight on air. Uh, so if you can call us live, hit us up on the Constellation lines at 347-202-0103. Once again, that's 347-202-0103 to call live and talk to me on air live tonight. If you uh, can't call live but you do want your voice heard, you can always drop us a voicemail. The voicemail gives you three unadulterated minutes to ask your questions, pose your comments, uh, just voice your opinion in all kinds of ways. Uh, three minutes to do that. Hit us up on the uh, voicemail at 415-787-5229. Once again, that's 415-787-5229 to leave us a voicemail. You can always uh, <clears throat> find us on uh, old school email. You know, people still do those. Uh, drop us an email anytime during the week, anytime during the show. The mailbag is always open and constantly being refreshed. Uh, find us at East Coast Audio Show at gmail.com. Once again, that's East Coast Audio Show at gmail.com. Uh, let us know in the subject of your, uh, of your email which portion, VIP or non-VIP, that you want your email read in, please, and thanks. You can find us on Twitter. Find the show East Coast Cast, twitter.com slash East Coast Cast. You can find my Twitter at TravLord. And you can find Cam at Seahawk. That's C E E Hawk. And the last bastion of Get Adage. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Facebook fan page can be found at facebook.com slash PWTorch, East Coast Cast, or just search East Coast Cast or PWTorch. And you will see us among the Torch family pages of fan pages. So please give us a like, share us on your timeline, tag your wrestling pals in it. Y'all know how it works. Um, where do we start? What is the uh, <clears throat> what is the story of the week? I mean, TV-wise, I, I guess it would have to be, and that's really kind of all I've seen. I don't know if there's any backstage news. Any? Oh, well, call-ups and stuff. I guess that's uh, 
a bit of a big deal. Uh, Shotzi, Blackheart, and Tegan Knox got called up to SmackDown and beat Natty and Tamina, uh, the women's tag champs. And Tegan Knox is just Knox. And is Shotzi Blackheart just Shotzi? Shotzi and Knox, is that what they're doing? So I know Tegan Knox is certainly ju- just Knox. I, I can't remember what. I don't understand why. Continue to do that. <laughs> I don't. They didn't give Tegan Knox her. I don't. I think that's her, uh, if maybe I'm wrong. Before she showed up in the May Young, maybe she was something else on the Indies. But why Tegan's a fine name? Why? Why? I don't get it. I don't get it with them and their naming conventions. But anyway, yeah, they're 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 called up. Um, Mandy Rose is on NXT in some capacity. Um, I don't know if she's down there to scout. She didn't get involved in the match. She just came out on the ramp during the uh, Saray. I don't even remember who she she beat somebody. Somebody I didn't recognize. So maybe it's just local talent kind of thing, but or PC, uh, you know, performance center woman. <clears throat> but yeah, she just showed up on the stage on a ramp and watched a little bit of the match and Saray won and then she left. Mandy Rose left. Uh, so they're doing some. Some, there's some movement up and down the rosters. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's too. It's just. It's just. It's interesting so far. I don't. Uh, I don't think. I don't think it could be criticized or praised. It's. Uh, it happened, and we got to kind of just see where, where we go from here. But but it did happen. Um, but again, back to. To TV, I, I think SmackDown of the week <clears throat> was probably the strongest show. I, I had, they had some moments on Raw. You had uh, Xavier Woods beating Bobby Lashley and then the uh, MVP lounge segment where Bobby Lashley, uh, you know, snapped and he was all out of control and <laughs> didn't want to hear it from MVP, smashed up his furniture. It's just real disrespectful. Uh, but there wasn't nothing MVP could do. So, uh, but I think SmackDown again, just not just how it's been the last year plus. SmackDown is just the strongest show, um, up and down. And I cannot not say this: it's a only an, a two-hour show, and Raw is just no matter how good a Raw is, it's going to be hurt the fact that it was three hours and the bad ones are even worse because they're three damn hours. So, um, yeah, still dealing with the three hour raw. I think we're, I think we're, uh, you think, uh, I think I brought this up when we've talked about WWE selling and, you know, being sold to Disney or whoever the highest bidder would be. Um, if they kept the TV format, would they see, would they go back to two hours? For for Monday Night Raw is that is that something to cheer root for like sell them just so we don't so we can get an hour of our life back for, during the week. Um, 
but okay. Uh, okay, so since SmackDown was the strongest show, what happened on SmackDown? We had uh, Roman and the Usos getting their, well, one Uso in particular, <laughs> Jay, I think, getting the uh, getting the old chair leg brace or whatever, folding chair brace leg thing in the mouth and choked out, crippler cross face type move. Good main event segment, just <laughs> fantastic stuff. Roman Reigns with the luscious uh, head of hair. <clears throat> he had it in the ponytail, then it came out over the shoulder. I was like, look at him looking like, looking like a model on the ramp with the sneer and the perfect and the perfect chiseled teeth <laughs> and the hair just perfectly over his shoulder when it popped out the ponytail. Yeah, just picturesque. Um, but Edge played his part. All the both Usos. Um, Edge looks like a maniac and a madman that's uh, going to win a title. Uh, they're doing a very good job. I'm convinced that he's not going to win the title. I think that's a given. I think I'm safe in that bet. But God damn it, are they making it interesting? And that's that's all you can ask for. I mean, not every every match can be every t- championship match can be uh, you know end all be all greatest potential matchup ever kind of thing. Or who's going to you know toss up? Who's going to win it? It could go either way. Sometimes you just kind of know, <laughs> and this is, this is, you know, this run with Roman Reigns. It's just like, you know, something special's got to end this reign, and it's not going to be Edge. But he's certainly gonna, he's certainly gonna show up and put in the effort, and he's really just doing a good, such a good job every time he shows up. Um, it is definitely a you still got it kind of thing, and I don't even mean that. In the ring where he does, I just mean uh, the effort he brings in interviews and on the mic and promos. He's, it's it's one of those things that you hear that you hear, especially as a young person, uh, and and with sports, um, uh, uh, mainstream sports in, in particular, that the older you get, obviously the smarter you get, but your body breaks down and you can't do. The, oh, if I knew the things I know at thirty seven that I did at you know twenty two, boy, I could. I could have been a menace. Go in the ring and it's wrestling. It's not, you know, basketball or football or whatever. So, yeah, Edge just really making SmackDown just and 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 the continuous Roman Reigns and Usos family dynamic and and how and just the whole storyline in and around that and how they even uh, managed to handle or not handle the the Jimmy Uso <laughs> let's call it snafu to be very very nice um, <laughs> you know just to yeah to still have such good TV uh, and making that, that dynamic that family dynamic continues to draw and to be <laughs> compelling and Roman Reigns, you know, bringing him in for the family hug and with the sneer on his face. And we're going to do this my way. Just that the sociopath Roman, uh, all your credit, all your, all your, uh, all your accomplishments are going to be able to be traced back to me. That's how, that's how it's going to be. Sociopath Roman. Mm. 
Um, talked a little bit about Raw. I didn't, y'all know me and Raw. I didn't see the show, so I didn't highlight form and YouTube uh, 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 clips and various stuff. I did see some of the Eva Marie playground segment, and <clears throat> are they are they trying to make Alexa Bliss the babyface, like the explicit babyface? Because this is how you make Alexa Bliss. You know, an obvious baby face to have her in there with Eva Marie. And Eva Marie just went in there and healed it up and did her thing. And uh, I, I, I meant to bring this up last week. I don't know what they're doing with the Piper Niven Dewdrop stuff. Like, I thought after her first appearance and she kind of towed her off. and But they're turning it into their – that's their relationship. She's not completely subordinate to, to Eva Marie, but she kind of is. It's uh, it's interesting, but do drop for fuck's sakes. Um, Fiber Niven got to manhandle uh, Alexa Bliss and throw over the throw over the barrier, a uh, barricade of the the, the 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 ringside barricade, and just beat her up on on Eva Marie's behest. So I don't I don't know what we're meant to think of. Am I supposed like after the first week? It's like, oh, look at that, Piper Niven. You know, stood up for herself and was like, mm, not having it. And then the next week, I think she, when Eva Marie tried to screw her and like get some revenge, she ended up winning her match despite Eva Marie, you know, fucking with her. And now she's just, or maybe she just has been all again. I watch it in highlight and clip form, but she seems to be just. Not beholden to her, but just there and hanging out with her. I don't, I don't get it. But if if it's hey, I'm I'm new on the roster, and at least people know who she is. Like like say that. I, I, I that's understandable. I don't think that's uh, something to be ashamed of. Like hey, she, you know, introduced me to folks, got me in the door. I might not like how she. Uh, talk to me that first week or in general, but <laughs> something, but they don't, yeah, go a deeper level. And maybe it's on me as a fan, not watching every single, you know, 160 minutes, 80 minutes of their Monday night program. Sorry. Uh, and NXT last night we had, what did we have? Big interesting stuff. Well, we had the main event with Gargano versus Cross for the NXT title. And Joe was the special guest referee. Full-on referee. <clears throat> no outside enforcer, extra referee. Um, just the referee. And it's good referee. Good good spots and, you know, good, like, oh, who's he going to, is it going to, is there going to be some static or some beef? And in the end, uh, uh, Cross wins the match and retains his title. <clears throat> and Joe, not in a sulking or I didn't want this guy to win way, but in a professional way, got went, got the championship belt, hands it to Cross, raises his hand, you know, does the full referee gimmick. And, Cross is, you know, running his mouth. 
and Joe just decides to, okay, I'm going to ignore him. He turned his back on Cross and tried to leave the ring, and Cross put him in the, put him in the, the Cobra Clutch or some kind of reverse kind of, you know, sleeper hold variant. And uh, Joe faded, and he, the whole time, which this was good. Like, this was probably the best, the most... Uh, just the most engaged I've been with Karrion Cross, Karrion Cross this whole time in the year or so. Or I guess a lot of that was on the on the shelf, but the whole time he's been on TV. <clears throat> Excuse me. This was the best, just him holding him in the Cobra Clutch on the mat, talking shit, like uh, turning the whole Joe. You, Joe has to be provoked. If Joe's provoked, he can you know, slap the shit out you or defend himself if he, uh, if he wants, but he can't do it. Obviously he can't go around beating people up, but if you provoke him, Hey, we're going to let him loose. But because he got him from behind and got him down in one move and choked him out. And he's just talking like you, pro- and just threw it all back in his face. Like you provoked me. Like I've been provoked. <laughs> you put this on yourself, Joe and Joe, you know, faded. And, and, and that was it. So I, 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 Okay, this is how I think you go about uh, at least in the next two weeks. Um, like Joe's on the show next week, obviously. He didn't get injured to the point where he, he's going to miss a week. So Joe's on the show next week, and Cross isn't. And the excuse is, you know, he's the champion, and he defended his title last week. He doesn't have to be. He's a, so, and Joe gets to fume and maybe cut a promo, or Regal's got to calm him down. And then the next week, I guess you kind of have to have uh, cross maybe uh, mealy mouth. But how do you? What do you do? Do you say? Do you have Regal say, Joe, you can't go upside this man's uh, head because a week has passed, two weeks has passed. Uh, I think this might be the thing. <laughs> I don't fuck with carrying cross, but. Carrying cross, but goddamn, like if this has the potential, I think, to be one of the more interesting, the more interesting things we're talking about this summer. Because one is Joe cleared. Are we leading to a match? I think having that be 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 ambiguous, not even a TV talked about thing, but an ambiguous internet fan kind of thing. Like, we don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's something they have to come out and tell us. And they're probably choosing to keep that uh, close for for suspense and TV reasons. But it seems like <laughs> – but it was one of those moves where it's like, well, if it's a neck or a head injury, that was totally, like, fine. Like, no doctor would be like, how could you go against my orders? Like, that was, uh, you know – Cobra clutch into it and he fell onto the mat and it was just, yeah, nothing unsafe about it at all. <clears throat> so you could also think like, oh no, it's just storyline. It's just to add some drama and keep Joe kind of involved. But you didn't need to do that to keep Joe involved. Joe is there every week. He's got a position on TV. So I think this has the potential to be one of the more interesting things we're talking about uh, in the next few weeks and months uh, uh uh, going and if they do it right, they can fuck around and have Karrion Cross be somebody that people don't just that they themselves don't 
decide to talk shit about on their TV every week. You know, like a series of matches, a few, a month-long feud with Joe that culminates with Joe regaining or not the NXT title. It might not be what what's in the what's in the uh, stars right now. I'm not sure if that's what what you do. The whole point is to get carrying across over. I'm thinking. I'm not, I think at the end he has to win. <clears throat> that's probably okay, but uh, he's a heel. He'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, well, uh, that was some some good stuff on NXT, and the not so good stuff. Um, the fucking diamond mind. Oh, um, yeah, Rich, I should have thought about that. Um, the diamond mind, uh, just, I, they're just not interesting at all. Like, what do I, why am I supposed to care? Like, I barely know anybody in the group. I don't know, I know one of the three people. And the one that I halfway know, I, I only know him to make fun of him because I don't know him. Tyler fucking Russ. Like, what? Who's this guy? Why is he getting any kind of anything? Nothing about him that's like, oh, star or, you know, interesting side player even. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Russ, but that's, that's just, uh, how I feel about the situation. Um, all right, that's um, me kind of halfway rambling about the, the state of, or not the state of, but what's, what's happening in TV. Anything else? Uh, I know there's some other good stuff on, oh, um, fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, what is her name? Uh, I see her face in my head. Um, MAGA girls, you know, uh, shorty doo-wop. With the kicks, run around the ring and kick you in the face in the turnbuckle. My brain, I'm pulling the rich on the VIP. My brain stopped working. Uh, Dakota Kai, god damn it. Dakota Kai beat beat somebody. Uh, It was an Ember Moon. Poor Ember Moon. Like, she doesn't get the call up with Shotzi. Like, that's kind of, Wow. And she gets left at NXT to get, you know, beaten by uh, Dakota Kai the next night or, the, you know, a couple nights later after they debut on Friday. You know, I'm not the biggest Ember Moon fan, <laughs> but, but damn, she was finally starting to catch on a little bit and it was directly tied to her association with Shotzi Blackheart, who, after having a bit of a stuttering kind of, and I and I blame the booking and having her lose to Chelsea Green and a lot of shit that they just were doing with her on TV. But she was starting to get, get over in a meaningful way. And it was directly tied to her association with Edmar Moon. Like, they did a lot of good for each other, I think. And then they, um, out of the blue, she's teaming with Tegan Knox on SmackDown. Like, at least, like, Ricochet and Aleister Black had more 
when they got called up and were doing tag team, like, why are they together? Like, okay, they're both kind of from NXT, sure. But they didn't have their, yeah, I don't know. They didn't have other stuff going on with other people that would have worked better if they called them up with those other people. I don't think Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart's team is go- on SmackDown is going to be worth caring about or watching. I mean, maybe, but Shotzi and Ember, oh yeah, and that's and that's wild. I wonder why they would do. They would just thinking about Tegan's double knee injuries, you know, in the last uh, two years, and they would, you know, she would be the one to get the call up and. You know, hmm. yeah. For for once, I'm I'm like, damn. Why did uh, Ember Moon get get left off the uh, off the uh, you know kickball team or whatever? So, like, geez, it just seems like that would have worked a little better. It was working better. It was working. It was working for me. It was working for me, and my opinion means the most. So. Yeah, going against that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> doesn't mean so much to me. All right. Um, I guess we can talk to some people <clears throat> for a bit and um, probably have a little bit of a shorter show, maybe take a call or two and uh, call it a show. I was in the, right in the middle of low-key, and Morbius, Mobius came back, and uh, 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 Ravona just – disarmed him and kicked him in the ribs and he's laying on the I've got it paused and he's just laying on the on the floor looking like a chump. <laughs> she was like, I will you you are no threat to me. He was like, Oh yeah, let's see about I'll see about that and he attacked her and she disarmed him, kicked him. He was like, Oh, well you were right. <laughs> so uh at least he accepted that ass woman. Um oh and Jonathan Major mm, I'm a, you know what? Nobody spoiled it for me, and I was super, super, super happy. So I'm not going to mess it up for nobody else. And y'all better not either if I if I talk to you tonight. Um, chat room is open, by the way. <laughs> Anybody's still interested in that sort of thing. Uh, oh, Cam is at AEW, so he's not doing He's going to Dynamite tonight, so that's why he's not here uh, uh, on the show. But he's... Um, also, not obviously not streaming, not doing his Twitch stream that he normally does. Cam tackles Twitch. So you would normally find him at twitch.tv slash Seahawk. Uh, but, and and that he has a pretty good good chat room over there. I usually just uh, <laughs> kind of hang out in there because my own chat room is so damn uh, empty most nights. But, yeah. So, but, yeah, my chat room's open too, y'all. Uh and uh, yeah, so we'll take a couple calls. Three four seven two zero two zero one zero three is the number to call. Let's uh, let's start things in Newark. Was it last week when Kylan's when we didn't get to talk to Kylan, or did he call back? And we'll talk to him now. Kylan, what's happening, man? What up? Not much, Travis. How are you this week? Hey, I'm doing okay. Excellent. Uh, can. Cam picked Cam picked a, a wonderful time to resume going to wrestling matches because, as we all know, this is our second week of normal activity 
within the wrestling business. So. Yeah. Yeah, so this was, uh, we had the opportunity. Well, Cam obviously snagged that opportunity, but I could have gone. But uh, I spent the entire weekend and Monday in Denver, and I was just, I'm not ready to be around crowds again so soon. <laughs> like massive people. It's just like, eh, that was enough. After a year and a half of not, of not it was a little, a little, a little anxious. So I chose to be here with y'all instead. So um, where's my uh, <laughs> where's my ticker tape parade? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what you, you got? I would take I would take that I would take that up with Wade or Zach if I were you. Mm. No, well, it wasn't even. Uh, it wasn't even yeah. Oh no, I get what you're saying, but <laughs> yeah. All right, so what's happening this week? What's your what's on your mind? So, pe- peacock report week. Give me that cock. Week number twelve, I believe. Okay. The whoever I have to give whoever Rick Cordella, the executive vice president of programming at Peacock, has assigned to put up WWE network programming credit Mm -hmm. because they've really been. Cranking out the uploads as of late. When are they going to get the next couple of years of Sunday Night Heat? That's what I want to know. Because they have the first, it ends at, oh, I think it starts, they have the whole first year. They call it two seasons because it goes from 98 to 99. So they have the July 98 or so to July or before summers, right after SummerSlam, Highway to Hell, right up to uh, before SummerSlam in Minnesota with Jesse Ventura. Well, well, he he stuff he started in in August '98, so right. So they have that's what I'm saying. They have it. From August, the first year, they have it from then to right before SummerSlam with uh, in Minnesota with Jesse Ventura as special guest referee. Right. Um. I. I don't. I don't know. I don't know when. When they're gonna. Well, get us the scoop. You are the, the rest. You're our. Uh, you're our. You're our cop handler. But I will certainly make make some attempts to reach out to people to find. That. But all right, that's all I can ask for. Lately, they've added all of Saturday night's main event, including the the Friday main event special. Once Saturday became less of a 
destination for them in the late 80s and early 90s and also the 2006 iteration of Saturday Night's Main Event. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll substitute the heat for for that until they put some new Sunday night heats up. The few episodes of Smoky Mountain Wrestling that were previously up on the standalone WWE Network, most of World Class from 1982 to 88, Confidential with Mean Gene Oakland, and several several more assorted ECW house shows from nineteen ninety five and ninety six. Really? So wait, so what do they do with the Dudley's footage? Because on those house shows, they were pretty ridiculous. Maybe it was a little later. Now that I think about it, it was like ninety seven, ninety eight, but. Yeah, some of those Dudley promos on the on on the non televised shows were were pretty I, horrendous, and they were you know in the over the top nature. For as much grief as we gave Peacock for editing the the Roddy Piper Michael Jackson black or white makeup segment. <laughs> and the Vince McMahon N-word segment mm-hmm. out of WrestleMania 6 and Survivor Series 2005, respectively, mm-hmm. I give Peacock more credit because I don't know if they just don't care or don't have the time to really go through the ECW stuff, but for the most part, they're just leaving it all up there. It's probably more. They they just don't have the time, and it's just like, well, you know, who's the people that are going to watch that stuff know what it is, and for the odd 12-year-old that finds it and who's maybe, you know, mom or aunt or Somebody's in the room with them when they're watching it. They, they might get a complaint or so, but they'll also, you know, say, "Hey, this is rated this, and you know, you have parental locks, and you know." I don't think there'll be there'll be some uproar for twenty-five-year-old footage on from their wrestling portion of their streaming site. So, I think it's just whatever we, jeez, oh, Kylie, uh, like they're just gonna say we don't care, we don't have the time, and. Whatever. <laughs> We're not going to lose sleep over this because it's not going to cost us anything. They even they even left the they even left the the rise and fall of ECW DVD up completely unedited 
even with Paul Heyman saying he hated working for WCW, and he he told he told them to go f themselves because mm. they treated people like crap. Oh well, yeah. I'm I'm glad that they don't just, that they're not picking over everything and deciding what we should or shouldn't hear. So I don't know if it's uh, them being noble and like, hey, it's, it's art and you know it should be presented in its purest form or the form that it was intended. Or if they just don't have the time and it's just slipped over, slipped their minds. Either way works for me. <laughs> Either way. Uh, I'm, even even though, even though I don't, even though I don't curse or anything, I, I'm I'm glad that that they're just leaving stuff the way it is because it it would it would be terrible. For those folks who like who like things a certain way to, yeah. to be r- robbed of the opportunity to see, but just the authenticity of how something was the way they to remember be them exactly. Uh, it's all it's it's bad enough that we have to deal with like music licensing and our favorite songs and stuff. They get dubbed over and on DVDs or on 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 shows or whatever. Because, like, hey, we don't we don't have that license anymore, so we can't play, uh, you know, whatever the fuck, Bad to the Bone or some shit <laughs> on this old ass. Right. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. And even even with like the the ninety two the the ninety two episodes of. WCW Saturday Night. They they edited, you know, like Gold Dust and Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Ron Simmons, Johnny B. Bad, and Barry Windham's entrances off because you that. That whole set of music was done by Michael Hayes' friend Jimmy Papa, but thankfully they they didn't go through the 93s, I guess, because that whole set of music is is on the 93s. Huh. Um, mm, okay. I didn't know any anything about that, so I'll have to take your word for it. But okay, all right. Anything else on your mind for this week, Kylan? So, so in terms of questions, I I, I have a a couple here that that you can decide to use or not use. Okay. With first one with Bailey. Now, on the disabled list for at least nine months, with a a completely torn ACL, Mm 
who do you think will assume her spot as the top heel on the WWE roster at this time? Uh, I think the easy easy um, bet is to say Sasha Banks. Like she's she's got to be due back, right? Like I don't know what the her exact situation yep. is, but it would not I, be a surprise I, if, like I said last week, I if she be- showed up in Monday night. Yeah. I be- I believe she is actually due back on. Friday, but oh, okay, yeah, we'll see. So, uh, but but non, you know, dark horse kind of. Uh, I don't know if anybody, if they have anybody that can. Uh, uh, I, I think it. I think the roster is so thin <laughs> between the two, uh, actually, you know, three divisions, that you know a Bailey injury like that is. Uh, it's pretty devastating. I mean, she was she was in there doing her thing for the last couple of months because they needed somebody that could stretch out and have a you know two three month long feud with Bianca after after uh, after Sasha Banks and Bailey was that was that because they don't have people lined up for they don't you know they don't have the talent just lined up to have uh, a feud after feud with the champion, but. Uh, so yeah, so I don't think there's the one woman that's going to be. Who who will they try to to make that? Um, I mean, maybe Carmella. I mean, she's pretty versatile, but I, I mean, she's no Bailey. She's no Sasha. She's, you know, certainly the next rung, you know, a rung or two beneath, you know, the top uh, the top talents. But in a pinch, she can, you know, she'll do. Uh, so, what's your other one? Which of these two things are are you looking forward to more? Okay. Friday's Friday's edition of SmackDown, with it being the the first show. With a, a with a full arena of fans, or mm-hmm. money in the bank on Sunday, with it being the first pay per view with fans and and no Thunderdome. Right. Well, not Mania pay per view, but um, I think. And thanks, Colin. Appreciate your call as always. I think. I'm going to say the pay-per-view, Money in the Bank, because it's a pay-per-view. And I, I, I know they get to say, hey, we're back two days before then the SmackDown audience, but it'll be a SmackDown and it'll have commercials. And, and yeah, I, I think the pay-per-view and a good one, too, or at least a at this point a brand-name one, Money in the Bank certainly is uh, – is, uh, one is one of their good brands, their well-known brand pay-per-views, brand-specific pay-per-views. So I'd say, I'd have to say, I'd have to go with Money in the Bank. It's uh, 
but I'm more likely actually to watch SmackDown than I am the pay-per-view. So that's wild to think about. But <laughs> I think I think Money in the Bank will be more exciting and more hyper and all that. The crowd will be hotter because it's pay-per-view, but I'll probably watch Smack, SmackDown. Chances are I'll watch them than, than uh, certainly live. Um, but, yeah. All right. Thanks, Kylan. Appreciate you. Let's... Uh, Let's uh let's talk to Darrell, see what's on his mind, and uh might even be able to wrap this thing up. It's had a bit early. Darrell was happening. What up? What's good, Trav? I see you um long range of the day. Solo dolo. Mm-hmm. You know what that means. The quality of the show <laughs> suffers. Oh no, man. Oh then fuck out of here. Hey, hey man, I remember when you did this for months. Did I? Oh shit! I probably blocked it yeah. out. Trauma. Yeah, you you remember them <laughs> before you brought on? I think first you tried Rich, and then um then it ended up being you and Cam. It mm-hmm. was y'all three. Oh, see, so hold up. So somebody from Jersey had called. I was going to go to them next, but then they dropped off. And uh, back to them, man. And uh, but now they don't have their hand up. So I don't know. They, I don't know. They kind of kind of flaky. Six oh nine. What you doing? All right, they did. Hold on, Darrell. I'll come back to you. Yeah. <laughs> Six oh nine. Who's this? What up? What's going on, man? What up, man? Jay from Atlanta City. No, what's happening, man? <laughs> I saw you dropped off a, uh, a little earlier, and I was uh, I was going to go to you right after Kylan, but yeah, he was, he was gone when I looked nah, up. Nah, you know I work. Uh, I work in eating in there, so they, those, those calls be coming in. I had to drop out. No problem. But, uh, so, yeah. All right. You know, you know, I want to, uh, yeah, I wanted to run by you, man, real quick. Cause, uh, I like to roll up and listen to what you talk about you know, in your show here, man. One thing that I yeah. never – recently I've seen you sort of uh, – you haven't really given a clear 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 on where you stand towards the, the, the booking on that AEW, man. Uh, well, I don't watch it week to week, and I don't even follow it through highlights because I, I as I've stated before, they don't. I don't think they have a good enough like this is what's happening in AEW highlight show on YouTube or anything. Um, so it's not easy to 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 follow in that way. But one of the reasons I stopped watching consistently a year or so ago was because I didn't like the storytelling and how they did things more than how they wrestled and the style of the matches. I didn't, I didn't like the stories they were telling. Uh, since, yeah, you know. I mean, maybe it's gotten better. Maybe it's gotten worse. I can't honestly say because I'm not watching, but you know, Rich and Cam have enjoyed it. So I'd have to say it's gotten at least better that they're not uh, every week, you know, talking about, Oh, this was, you know, this happened, you know, so they're positive about it. Um, and when it's, Bad shit. They certainly, you know, will talk about the bad shit and hold the hold them accountable. So it's not like they're fanning out for them. So uh, I I I'd have to, you know, really. I'm not sure if I can answer that. At least for the today's product or the the current. I can tell you what I was thinking in October. You know, in January 2020 or whatever the hell I stopped watching. So. Well, you know that's a, that's an interesting take because you see. Uh... 
I sort of fell out of them as well uh, in the beginning, and I started to cost cash back up recently. And I, and I did the same thing with NXT. I was really big on NXT, and I fell out of it. I feel like as soon as they went to USA Network, it just wasn't the same product. Right. But I really do feel like the way they structured the roster, especially Triple H, the way he sort of from immediately Keith Lee to Karrion Cross, there's a certain type of champion he wants there. He can just see it, you know, and he's using the smaller guys like Gargano's and Adam Cole. They just, just disproportionately look odd when wrestling these guys to a to a significant matchup. I thought it was odd if you remember in the past when Adam Cole attacked Drew McIntyre. I thought, man, that's an odd pairing because the size difference was just so. It's just a distraction. Yeah. And I don't care about that, but it's it's just, because, and he was at the a point. Usually it's the, uh, you know, it's a, the sympathetic small no, baby right. face. I mean, when, when you pull the chicken shit heel type of deal, like you said, and you use the extra people to get him, but when, like, what happened to McIntyre is he's just a big man to be taking a beating for such a small guy like that. It needs to be two or three of them at a time. You know, it just don't seem right. You know, it seems like there needs to be a leverage there. And uh, I feel like it's odd when you take a carrying cross and you put him in NXT, and there's only so much he can fight there. And I think when you look at a Brian Cage and you look at like an Archer and you and you look at Miro and AEW, they sometimes they wander in the gray area because there's only so much you can do competitively with these big guys before it looks like holy shit, he's waiting for that move to happen. Well, and I, I think, think that's that's one. The art of pro wrestling. No, no, I think that's just the art of pro wrestling. I mean, if you're good, you're not going to stand around waiting and, you know. But but, it, but at some point, it's still wrestling. It's all, like, <laughs> cooperation. No, you're right, but there's a psychology to it. I mean, like, yeah, when you watch yeah. UFC, there's a certain psychology to it in the UFC heavyweight division, right? When you see a, uh, a Stipe Miocic and you see a Brock Lesnar, you know, they have the same fighting styles, and when they match up against a Nagano or a, a Frank Mir, there, there, you know there's going to be a, some type of presence from either one that's going to be tried to enforce on the other. And you try to match that up in the wrestling ring, right? You try to use that psychology in the wrestling ring. I think the psychology list, like you said, when Tony Khan has so many false finishes on major moves, I mean, any of these moves could be a finish, you start to lose the psychology on them. And I think in WWE, you see, like last night, if you watched, uh, Gargano was carrying cross. At a certain point, you're just like, yeah, Gargano... Ain't getting that off on that man, no matter what type of wrestling match you're in, and, and, and he ain't getting up from that. It's just it has to end at a certain point. And I think the booking of overdoing it, like you've seen in the mid 2000s, they start having neck injuries, start really going down a lot of those guys. And I think with these smaller guys, maybe they can take it, but these bigger guys like Keith Lee and Kerry and Cross, you just can't have that fighting style mixed together. Well, I agree with you there. I certainly would like the bigger guys to stay on their feet a lot more. Like, I couldn't stand those Keith Lee, uh, uh, Dijakovic matches. Like, God damn it. Well, y'all, y'all both are, you know, 300 pounds and Dijakovic 6'8 or whatever. It's like, I don't need to be doing flips and dives and shit. Um, but they, the wrestlers themselves, want to get their shit off and they want to they just want to more than anything not more than a let's show off because i can do it my thing is in a lot of ways is if you can if you guys are doing it what makes the smaller guys special 
right? Like, they can't do, well, they can. They can do slams and stuff, but to a certain extent, because they only butt so big. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It's I don't like typically big guys doing flips and dives and shit, it's, especially when it's uh, just over the top all the time, match after match. If you want to break something out for a special, uh, for a special match or pay, you know, pay-per-view or maybe, but constantly you're asking for trouble, one, and then you're also watering down the fact, you know, you're watering down that for everybody else. Uh, so I have a lot of reasons why uh, I don't like big guys doing that kind of shit, but yeah. <laughs> And, you know, and lastly, just to close out, uh, I but it's like not just AEW with the false finishes <laughs> and all that. That the, the WWE been doing that shit for years with all the big moves and the kickouts and the and the every fin every moves a finisher and everybody's kicking out of everything. It's that's just an overly saturated wrestling trope for the last you know eight years, ten years, whatever it's been. No, I agree. I agree. And, and just to close out, I would say one thing I do like what AEW is doing is taking advantage of the free agency that's been spurred by WWE. I think they picked the right guys at the right time. And I really got to say, man, a free agent pick that they got, not coming from WWE, but rather from Impact, that was such a solid hand, is that Ethan Page. And I think him and Scorpion Sky did an excellent job on the recent pay-per-view, putting Sting and Darby Allen over it was fun to see. Sting looked great. And those two guys were a huge part of it, man. And that Ethan Page is a, a, a free agent pickup that they got that I think has gone under the radar. And they have a lot out of him. And I think not just with Darby, but in, in taking him towards a future title. Yeah, well, after he showed, besides after uh, him showing up, you didn't hear a ton as far as buzz like, oh, Ethan Page. It just was. Oh, Ethan Page was in this match, or or he did he did this, or he did that. It wasn't uh, uh, too much of a big deal. So I think you're right as far as like being under t- not talked about certainly um, because he gets plenty of TV time. Like you just said, he's in he's in there on what was it a pay per view or is it just kind of one of their TV branded deals with Sting and Darby? Was no, it actually just the pay per view? Yeah, oh, okay. So even him. even even more to my point. So yeah, and he's on pay per view with Sting and shit in a in a in a prominent match, but he's not getting talked about. So um, I think there's something to that. Um, yeah. So yeah, keep talking about him. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, you know he'll you know get get his due. Yeah, definitely, brother. I appreciate your time, though. Absolutely, man. Call back soon. All right. All right, let's bring Darrell back on. All right, D, what's on your mind for this week? Um, that Trav look um, looking like man, uh, sounded like that was just on here from New Jersey, man. <laughs> Did he sound y'all like me? Sound similar. Really? Yeah, y'all oh, sound similar. Okay. Man. Yeah, <laughs> kind of similar, man. I mean, Atlantic City, right, right, right there from Philly. So, hey, that's know. what's up, man. That's what's not, up. Uh, not surprised. Good to get some stuff like that, man. Hey, um, so man, how was the trip? It was fun. I had a good time. Got to see my woman first time in uh, weeks and weeks, so that was that was also fun. But yeah, no, Denver's oh, yeah, a sweet. You had to go off on the vacation, the getaway. 
Yeah. I mean, she, she's on her road trip. So she's been out on the road driving all through the state parks, camping, doing her thing, hikes and all that shit, all that nature bullshit that I ain't on. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll, I'll fly into Denver to see you and go to one national park, one state park, and climb up one fucking mountain. But that's it. God damn it. <laughs> man, you used to be an art, uh, going to archaeological um, um, digs and stuff. Come on, man. Oh, yeah, that along. was for that was for a reason, not just to walk around with a fucking crowd of white people, just being, you know, <laughs> snacking on, <laughs> snacking on snacks and trying to feed the animals, even though they know goddamn well they're not supposed to be doing that shit. But no, it was just it was it was it was fun. I mean, I had a great time. Denver, like I said, is a is a town that I'd. Uh, that I wouldn't mind living in. Hey, legal marijuana and all of that, yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, you still pay. Uh, I was, yeah, I'm basically, I was basically, you're, you're still paying Texas, pri- you know, prices, right? Like it's not like it's super inexpensive. Like thirty-five for oh, an yeah. eighth is what I could get in an illegal state. Oh, or yeah. at least but here in Texas. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely better quality. Certainly, can more consistent, and you get the, you know, you get the option of knowing what you're getting for certain. And you know, if you're in the mood for, you know, because I went and I went to the spot. I was like, yo, I want to. Y'all got a sativa dominant strain, and you know exactly knew what I wanted. I didn't want to be all on my sleepy tip. Like I'm, I'm here to hang out. I don't want to be all like, uh, I want to go back home. I'm tired because I'm fucking too blazed. And, uh, you know, and they gave me what I wanted. And it's just that option of, that civility of, you know, <laughs> picking and choosing. It's just like, man, I'm jealous. I've never been able to do that outside of vacation. You know, I'm in Vegas or I'm in Colorado. It's uh, It should just be how it is. Yeah, everywhere. But one day, one day. But yeah, um, just listen to y'all conversate, man. Yeah, uh, I agree with a lot of all those things. Uh, big men should be on their feet um a little bit more. Yeah, I mean for the most um, part, not, not too staunch. Like they can do stuff. They can show off their athleticism. They can fly around every now and then, but make it special. But, but I ain't never been that person. I guess because I I'm growing up in. in, in in the style, and then going up in the hood, and, hey, that person has been, hey, just because somebody tall and big mean they supposed to dominate people because going up my way, you know, the tallest people, especially going up with the starriest looking people, you know what I'm saying, and, and, mm-hmm. and easy to get knocked out. So, <laughs> plus, you know, Mike Tyson, what, was five, what, five ten, five nine? No, for sure. Man on the planet. Mm-hmm. So, I think size come in for um with people who don't know who can't fight. Uh never been in a fight. Uh be uh, afraid to fight. That's who come into um, you know, play with that. But um other than that, this week, you know, I hate the bailing, yeah. Her knee tore up. But you know, um making uh answer for that is um you bring Becky Lynch back and that clears the way for everybody. <laughs> I know well, she is. I mean, I assume she's coming back, but I assume I also assume she would be going to Raw, um, and I also assume she's going to be a babyface. 
But yeah. Seth is on SmackDown, so maybe maybe she goes to SmackDown because she wants to be on the same show as her husband. Uh, but is she going to come back a heel? I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Nah, she should come back babyface. But if she come back babyface. Um, it, it's super going to expose the flaws of the two women that they got on top right now because just her organicness and how she takes advantage of her role and being able to talk and you know she can cut it in the ring as well it exposed um charlotte who still yeah people have granted her and she her promos have got a little bit better but it's still not authentic like what we just seen with um bobby lashley which i want to uh, speak to you about in a second um mm-hmm. but um and the and how they have um real ripley right now so she kills she kills that um and makes them look even dumber. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I see, well, know. we we know we know we can say for sure because we've seen her in there with Charlotte for 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 years. Um, so I think that you can say that. I don't know. If you could say that about Rhea Ripley. That, that could be the thing to finally get Rhea over. Like I think she's over, but not like she's not a like Charlotte is still the bigger star in there. Uh, if 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 Becky comes back to Raw, Becky is the obvious bigger star in that matchup. But a, an extended feud with Becky Lynch, man, that could be it for Rhea, or, or that could be what she needs. I, I mean, I don't know though because it's. Outside, let's say it like this: outside of um, Rock versus Stone Cold, a, a top guy who could talk on the mic, mm-hmm. get him some throwback. When he started clowning you, you you look like a clown, especially if you can't speak on the mic. And how they got um, real Ripley, and she was never a big speaker on the mic anyway. It was her presence in NXT, and they emphasized that presence and, uh, and atmosphere oh. around her. What, I don't think Becky her, Lynch is going to go in there and start tearing down. Rhea Ripley. Boy, that's just the cat. That's just who she is, though. That's who she mm. was. How, oh, come on. What what really started getting her on and how she was, she threw the shots at Ronda. She threw the shots at Charlotte. And the, the, especially when she said, you know, weirdos and, and all of that stuff. <laughs> hey, <laughs> come on now. You got to go back and watch it. Yeah, I guess you know uh, when you when you've been away for a while, people don't remember. But hey, that's what really exposed people is how she came in and she was exposed a lot of the men too. That's why she told similar stories that um, I remember. I remember um, she was like, in there with Drew, with The Rock or John Cena or somebody. The hell's mm-hmm. wrong? Like, but I'm like, I remember. I get. I'm just. Like you. But, yeah, but it wasn't like she wasn't in there tearing them down. I don't think it's going to be. Oh, they're exposed because Becky Lynch got a line over on somebody. That's what, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get in zingers or get in, you know, good lines and stuff. Like that don't mean you're but being. I'm exposed. saying what exposed them is not her saying coming at me. Oh, what's oh that she's, she's so good. It's it'll be the contrary. Yes. Oh, and I think and those yes. those weak yes. lines and yeah, only time like. No, 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 no. Now that I think about it, I think you're right because Rhea Ripley, my complaint about her is she is so produced. She's stiff 
and she outside of the ring, right? Like she's so she's got she stands in her spot and she stays there in her pose, and you know she's supposed to be running to make a save for somebody, but she's got to stand there and do her whole fucking routine. Just she just don't know shit, but WWE producing and coaching, and I think that's not done her as much as it's done her well. It's not done her any favors as far as getting over, yeah, organically with the crowd, just kind of, like, just think about how Becky Lynch paces the ring, right? She just, mm-hmm. she, she's never in the same side. She's pacing the ring. She's like, yeah, Rhea Ripley is the exact opposite. She's like a statue. I'm going to hold my position because this is my cue, and I got to, you know, yeah, she's thinking about everything. It's run, everything's running through her mind. Becky Lynch is just, first thing that comes to my mind, yeah, I'm going to say it, so. In that way, maybe there could be some exposure. <laughs> let's, 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 get, think let's about it a, that let's way. Pull a Ronda, let's you pull a Ronda because when they finally stop trying to make Ronda be a face, and that's why you still have that intrigue with them going one-on-one that probably can headline uh, um, a pay-per-view by itself. So, um you know, that's why now I say you still had that treatment. But when Ronda snapped back with the one line that probably got her on her way with the damn the woo, screw the man, yeah. And then she started speaking like that. Maybe that would help her. You know what I'm saying? So that's cool. I just want to. Yeah, but I think I, I think Rhea Ripley would just be the stiff baby heel. That's still on her mark and on her cue. I don't think it's a character or an alignment issue with Rhea Ripley. She should be babyface. Should she be heel? What does she better? I think it's they need. She needs to be broken out of, uh, you know, her WWE overproduced thing. Like somebody leaves the letter know, like it's okay to not like you don't have to be absolutely perfect in every single way. Like, she out there wrestling and, and cutting I, promos scared that she's going to get yelled at. Probably because she'll get fucking yelled at. <laughs> Maybe not by Triple and H. I but, think, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think another reason why, and this is going to go and lead into my Bobby um, Lashley uh, conversation, is yeah. because I think WWE is still in that 80s where they're telling people to turn up, um, turn up to a level 10, and that's not real people. That's not real people. That's not real interesting characters that people – um can um can really um get into and stuff because you're not a real person just because you turn it up and you turn it up to a ten you so focused on doing that that you forget the storytelling and mm-hmm. and storytelling is more than just what you say on the mic it's how the the looks the affliction that you have the tone that you use mm-hmm. um how you set up stuff even the stuff that you do in the ring, because I think they sep- people try to separate it, but it all goes together. And I think that's why Bobby Lashley, people say that was his best promo in his entire career, which it probably was. But I think yeah, you could have got that out of him years ago if you allowed this man to tell a story and use his affliction. Him going off and leaving the show and coming back like, man, I don't, went to the bar, had a few drinks, and and how he broke it down um the MVP. And then at moments he wasn't looking at him. But, you know, because you done had talks. Uh, you done been uh, 
your parents are yelling at you. They don't even have to look at you, but they they yelling at you or talking to you in some way, and you can feel it, and and they put a little fear into you. Or have you ever talked to somebody, and and you and they so angry, but they ain't even yelling, but you can hear it in their voice how angry they mm-hmm. is, and you feel like, hey, I might have to fight this person. <laughs> I'm gonna have to fight this person um, because um, they gonna they gonna haul off and hit me. You know what I'm saying? That's part of the storytelling that that was mixing that. Even this even even go with Roman, um, cause they got Roman as a sociopath, and a person who's similar sociopath that I I read in comics all the time that people forget about. This is why a lot of people flock to him is the Joker. The Joker is that type of sociopath. He draw people in, and he's charismatic, and and, mm-hmm. and he play upon you, and he have you feeling like, like if you talk about him and Harley Quinn, he got her feeling that that um she needs Mister J. Even though he beat on her sometimes and he abused her sometimes, but you know he give her a little piece of this to bring her back in, or how he took over Arkham Asylum by just going there and getting arrested on purpose and and start making um, the the people who work there feel like okay, Mister J ain't a bad person and they give him mm. more rights. That's how some people in jail be doing. That's why you be hearing about jailers sleeping with the inmates because. What them inmates been watching you um, all day? They watch your mannerisms, so they know how to talk to you. They they prey mm-hmm. upon your weaknesses and stuff. And this is the storytelling that we missing that everybody could um, that everybody on the roster could have. That's why if people can always say they have a slim roster, but you got 150 people on the main roster. You only see 30 if you put more story into it. Like last night, if uh, Her- Humberto Carrillo. Yeah, he lost, but they would start telling the story, but they're going to let that story go. Like, you should use that with as Seamus, a way you mean? to tell a story with him. Yeah, with Seamus. You should use that as a way to tell a story. Yeah, you was using that to, to build on, um, to have Damian Priest come in because you because of Seamus having a broken nose and you had to get off that story because you just had too much time into it. But um, if you... If you use that story for uh, Roberto Carrillo and you have him talk about, well, I never allow that to happen again. I never allow nobody to attack me from behind and, mm-hmm. and, and, and come at me. And he used that as a fuel to build him up. And he keep telling and he keep doing the stuff that he was doing that was interesting and made people start paying attention to him um, in that Seamus feud and stuff like that that wanted to see the match. You can still keep the interest in him and people will feel like, Oh, he just got buried right here and stuff like that. And now you got somebody who uh, who can start gaining interest in people slowly but surely. And then when you start doing more stuff with him, now you got another person you can put on TV, and you don't have to keep putting the same people. Yeah, all all true things. Yeah, but I don't think Vince um, will do that because he never showed that capability of doing that. Um, I, I, you know, I always told you, and even back when you was doing Fridays with uh, uh, with Bruce, I come on there and tell you that you know Vince is um he's been horrible since since I've been seeing him when he was and going back looking at when he was in the eighties. And I don't think he ever was a good booker or anything. He was just a a hell of a, a promoter. promoter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think it, at, promoter. at at times he you know, was probably a really good booker and storyteller. Um, but he also, like any good 
per, you know, person that uh, has ultimate say, you know, they have people around them. I mean, he always had Patterson or, you know, even uh, Russo and Ferraro who were, you know, had their, had their moments. Uh, that's an, oh, okay. So that's another thing. Watching these Sunday night heats for the first year, I realized uh, I give Vince Russo and Ferrara a kind of, you know, a bit of a nod of, well, I can't blame y'all as far as when SmackDown came around and they added another two hours of, a week of TV that they had to write with no extra, no extra pay, no extra resources or nothing. They had already done that. They had already basically 50% of their, uh, uh, you know their their output with another hour of main event, basically TV of Sunday Night Heat, certainly for that first year, and now they turned around and was like, now we got to add another, so we're doing five hours of uh, TV instead of two, and I don't have a dime more or anything more to help with this process. Yeah, I can, I don't blame them at all for going for for writing four weeks of TV and then going, we quit and, you know, taking the job at the, at the, at the, at the, at the competition, no matter what you think of yeah. them as right as, 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 as writers or creative people, that was, uh, that was probably the move to make. It's like, come on, you can't treat people like that and then expect them to be loyal. But yeah. as much as, like, much as I, I agree, as much as I agree, as much as I agree with them, uh, Ferrara and Russo, in that instance, it still traumatized Vince to the point that that's why we're in the position we're in 21 years later with writers and all that kind of it, stuff. Yeah, it traumatized, so. it traumatized him, but they they also put um, bad stuff in, uh, ingrained in him that is ruining today that he still used today because he's still stuck in the 90s. Mm. He has never left up out the nineties, so I blame them and, and Kevin Dunn <laughs> um, for a lot of this um, also because for real because you say um, I agree with you. This was a good booker probably <clears throat> in certain portions of you know in his um days, but my idea of him being a good booker, he was probably uh, the type of person that takes all the ideas and was good enough because he knew how he wanted to promote it and put it together and put a little the little sizzle on it. But the idea is he don't necessarily know how to promote, probably got lesser. uh, Yeah, it got washed off because a lot of the people he had around him, like the Pat Patterson, them, even going up when, uh, what, when Jim Carnett was on the booking staff and stuff like that, in Mm -hmm. in them early, um, especially them early part of the Attitude Era um, days, um, before it became just totally on Like like 96, um, yeah. Yeah. Those was good because, um, you know, he knew how to put the stuff together. But you could tell one of his weaknesses that, that they emphasized more, the Ferraris, the Kevin Dunn, and uh, what you would call it, Vince Russo, is what you hear everybody always say to Vince and say about Vince. They always ask him, what you got for me next? What you got for me next? And he never had nothing. And he might slip up and slide into something. But he never had nothing. He didn't know how to continue on the story. I think that's something that some writers tell you um, always. You need to always have something, especially if you write novels or uh, you write an ongoing story. 
um, and continuing to go on, like probably some of the books that you be posting that be continually going on, you got to have yeah. something that you got to be already be thinking about what's next. And that's why I don't think he has an out because he don't know what he want to do next. He don't, he don't know what the next step is. He might find stuff that interests him, but he, <laughs> he don't, he ain't that type of planner that, What's the next thing that I need to conquer? What's the next thing? He probably one goal driven. I see one thing and I'm gonna go get it. Yeah. No, I, I think at one point he was probably better at that than yeah. Clearly he is now. Yeah, and you're a Marvel guy, and I put this in now. The new Iron Man coming, where mm-hmm. Iron Man giving up. He ain't giving up all his millions, but you know he's leaving all the stuff. The the high tech um. Um, Iron Man suits alone, and he's trying to go back and and find not, you know that sense of normalcy where you know where he was when he was first beginning, and and he was just stopping bank robbers and all of this type of stuff and and doing that. That you would have wanted Vince to have this type of life probably back in the early two thousands or something, so he can it probably shake him out of something and he could find something, but. He's stuck in the one goal, and now you conquered everything, and you fall in that thing uh, where most people, when they they conquer the world, you know, <laughs> what's left of me? Right. Now I got to create my own, uh, create my own uh, controversy, and create my own competition, and create yeah. No, and we've gone through various iterations of that over the last twenty years. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Creating, you know, SmackDown versus Raw or Bischoff versus Stephanie or Bischoff Stephanie versus Shane or Vince versus yeah, like, yeah. And, and yeah. what? All stuck in the nineties. But I mean, we've been pl- replaying the nineties for thirty, almost going on thirty years now. <laughs> and that's the problem. That's a real issue that we've been replaying this for thirty years, and now. You got the competition coming in, and they just doing what they seen. <laughs> they replaying the nineties because they just doing everything that they seen WCW. Yeah, yeah. Nobody. Like, like with, it seems like you know every time there's a potential, whether it's TNA Impact or now AEW, it's AEW is obviously succeeding a, a, a lot more than where anytime they're an Impact or TNA's run. Uh, but they still could be yeah. so much more. They could be, yeah. They just could be because the fan base is constantly shrinking, and, and I blame that all oh, on true. the hardcore fans as well because they they chase people away because they so toxic and one train of thought, and they so. Uh, I was telling a friend who uh, was like, "Man, you got to show me something about wrestling." I was like, "Hey, man." Let me tell you about wrestling fans and all the wrestling anyway. It's the uh, perfect description of what America is. So that's that's your that's your introduction to it, and you can get into it that way. <laughs> well, to be fair, you don't have to follow. You can watch TV and, and and that's it. You don't have to know nothing about wrestling Twitter or wrestling media, the dirt sheets, nothing. You you as a fan, you can watch TV. And not listen to this fucking podcast. You could watch TV and not sign up for a newsletter. You could watch TV and not follow your favorite wrestler, ex WWE bitter wrestler on Twitter. You know, and so that's all stuff we 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 
put on ourselves and we do, oh, yeah. do to oh, ourselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I was just, he was just asking for, because I was like, you know, you don't got to get, that's what you just said is what I was telling you. You don't got to get into all that. Just watch the show. But you wouldn't yeah. even see it from being an outside, stand, um, you know, person. And he's the type of guy because my my uh he's a Muslim guy and he and he be into you know the social type of stuff and I mm-hmm. say you were gonna start seeing similarities then I'm gonna hear you come calling me again yelling about this and that <laughs> and I say oh man I don't wanna hear that but hey just watch it and just watch it from the outside in yeah. but that's yeah. why I was saying I don't feel like it's no success because the fan base shrinking it's shrinking just like baseball <laughs> you know what I'm saying. At, at, it's not – if people swear that it's a tracking, um, that's why I asked the question. I was like, do they create star? Do What is a star? What is considered a star? Because uh, superstars change wherever they go, you know what I'm saying? You bring a Kawhi Leonard on your team, and uh, he changed the the whole outlook of the team, the value mm-hmm. of it, everything about it. You bring mm-hmm. um, a Joel Embiid on your team, he changed everything about your team as a whole. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? We don't have we don't have none of that. What the last person probably was maybe John Cena, even though people hate. Well, it's, it's it's Roman Reigns, but you just don't have that. Like everybody can't be Roman Reigns, everybody can't be John Cena, but it seems like it's either because you don't get John Cena's and Roman Reigns is they aren't exactly a dime a dozen. They they don't know how to do the. Uh, you know, they don't know how to have people in waiting or people ready to break. It's all or nothing. They don't yeah. have people and in I reserve should be because it's, it's a way of controlling. It's it's a lot of it is a way of controlling. You know the you know the, your talent and who's how much money they make because yeah it's it's a lot. They've oh, they yeah. they've, they've tied themselves in knots. Yeah. Uh huh. And I just feel like if they feel him, I feel like Roman Reigns should be way more bigger than what he really is. Oh, for because, sure. Um, I think they feel in Roman Reigns because he should at least be at least John Cena. But I don't even think he's that just because of how the fan base joined him. I think um, I, 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 I ask you this: When have you seen anybody on any show get a um, when Daniel Bryan was at his um, apex, a pop like that? I mean, you'd have to go to maybe you know Steve Austin, obviously. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about today, as in today's wrestling. Oh, nobody. No, 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 nobody. And and you know we we hear people say that these people are over these people are stars, but what is being a star to a a, a small fan base, a hardcore fans who know you, who go yell for you every time? But um, you ain't drawing in nobody else. That's just like you being uh, a, a local rapper and everybody in everybody in your city know you, but you can't bring nobody from outside of the city to get to know you. Yeah. And you want if, if you were a local uh, rapper yeah. and you had everybody quote unquote everybody in your city that knew you, <laughs> that's 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 pretty damn good. <laughs> you know, if you yeah, got everybody I'm who's saying, a rap I'm fan. If you still that, that, that way um ten years yeah. from now. Oh uh, well you you, you yeah. pop that you pop that ten years ago and you still in that same place. You might right. you, you haven't stretched no further, you haven't got no big because you gotta think about it, what? About ninety percent of all rappers 
because and by ninety five percent of them, that's where they are. And we know career. I know some career rappers, and yeah, they got a, a little popularity here, and they don't been mm-hmm. on tours here, but they ain't no bigger than right. No bigger than nobody. You know who they supposed what you thought they would have been, and now you yeah. get older. And the years getting on you, and then nobody want to see you when you're 35 and 36. Or you got a whole bunch of now you got a whole bunch of new 15 year olds. Like who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens. People, you know, age out, and the new kids go. This ain't my shit. This is my older brother. This is my uncle used to listen to. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, all right. Mm-hmm. On, on that on that yeah, rap, rap note. That's uh go ahead and uh yeah, wrap this thing up. Um we'll uh I, I definitely appreciate you, Darrell, as always. Always holding this down, giving us content. Uh so thanks for that. Uh we'll get at you, uh I'm sure we'll talk to you next week. Uh for everybody else, um you know, non VIPers, free folks, the the ride is over. Um But for the VIPers the ride just continues. Click over, Rich, and I'll be by for another hour or so of content, quote unquote, hour or so. Um, like I said, I got low key pause, so I'm gonna finish this episode, and we'll definitely talk about the season finale of Loki and whatever we're reading. I know Rich started another book, and I'm in the middle of a series, and I'm sure we'll uh, talk about something we didn't talk about here, but we'll talk probably talk about Daniel Bryan in AEW and and the speculation surrounding that. So, until next time, people. Um, thanks for the calls and the... Oh, shit. I was about to say thanks for the calls and the emails, and I just realized we uh, we forgot Jabron's uh, email. So, the music already started, Jabron. So, <laughs> I'll save it for next week, and hopefully it's not something that that's super, super dated. My bad. Um, but yeah, for Cam and Rich and all the callers and everybody, I'm Trav. We out. Never be nothing